Wow. <laughs> wow, you guys. <laughs> you put up all these decorations. You act surprised, but you, you knew the party was it's here. It's a surprise party for us. <laughs> <laughs> that we threw. Yeah, we had to do actually a lot of prep trying to get a bunch of listener questions for this episode. <laughs> we did it last minute. Yeah, definitely. Is that why the hot dogs are all frozen? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to wait at least four hours for those to thaw. Is that why all the buns are hamburgers? <laughs> That's correct. The idea here is to have a hot dog and then have two hamburgers, full hamburgers, uh, and put the hot dog in between those. Oh, you, you got it right. They weren't hamburger buns. They are hamburgers. That's what you said. <laughs> yeah, 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 you are yeah, right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you... No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's called a big old dog. <laughs> Anyway, that's the kind of thing that you would have at a 50th anniversary party. Yeah, big old dog. The golden the anniversary. Yeah, I believe it's the big old dog anniversary. The 50. <laughs> yeah, that's the material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One is paper, 50 is big old 50 dog. 50 is big old dog. Which, again, plus- <laughs> is two hamburgers with a hot dog in between the two hamburgers. I don't know. 50 seems fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they figure if you get that far, like, you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yeah, things start getting real interesting. <laughs> uh, the parties have become quite freeform here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this this episode's going to have a loose feel to it. I can already Okay. And yeah. uh, what is that on last spot? A relaxed fit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, Jake and I have already started drinking. Um, Kyle and I have already started rioting. Uh, this one's going to have just like kind of like an anarchist feel to it. Kyle's already started composing. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's drinking wine. Uh, <laughs> apparently Kyle's <laughs> going to a different level of party than Jake and I. Jake at least put his beer in a glass. I'm just drinking straight out of a bottle. <laughs> in the bag still, which is embarrassing. You don't Man. have to hide it. It's your own house. Yeah, I know. I just don't want you to know what kind of beer I'm drinking. <laughs> I just like to make sure my wine is at the right temperature. So I chill it by just... Stirring it with a frozen hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we made it to 50. Wow. I can't believe it. None of us quit. Yeah, none of us quit. Um, no one moved on to anything better or more profitable. <laughs> no one found anything better. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say this most brutal war game has only brought us closer as friends. That's true. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember it was uh, January of 2020. Jake emailed Kyle and I individually, even though we have famously worked together for almost a decade (laughs) um jake decides to corner us individually uh i think that way he can pay us different amounts and then uh he proposed the idea of the show because at that time i had uh done really well in the root tournament and kyle was like leading the digital boards um so just made sense sam you just got a house right yeah, I just got a house based on the the money that I earned from this podcast. Right. Yeah, okay, Jake, we're going to talk after this. All right. uh, that's a very expensive bottle of wine. I saw you chilling with your hot dog. <laughs> yeah, we spend our money in different ways, Kyle. <laughs> I don't remember emailing you individually. Mm-hmm. You wanted to keep it professional. 
I believe you called me a content creator, and I I was honored. <laughs> but you, at that point, you were you wore a bow tie and got in front of a camera and had a map of route, and you were making videos about it. That is true. That is one hundred percent true. Well, you are a content creator, and so like I I forget how exactly we had pitched this originally because I remember we we I learned how much you loved root. At I believe the bachelor party, your yeah. bachelor party, Sam. Yeah. When we played it, and I was like, "Oh, you guys are wonderfully obsessed with this game," and I also like this game, but I'm not nearly as experienced as either of you. And then we've been talking about me making content with Good Time Society and stuff. And then is that what happened? Is that how that went? Yeah. Yes. And then I pitched you individually. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Yeah. Good job, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just so we could convince you know one could convince the other if uh, yeah you know, either of us were on the fence. But I feel like we were both like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> no, I was making content because I didn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. I don't think at that time. Oh, I was doing DMing for kids online. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I had actually just gotten a job as a chess teacher, like uh, right several months time, before. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he did have a job. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and 50 episodes later, here we are, ready to answer some listener questions, right? Yeah, absolutely. But first, as always, we have a little bit of RIT news! That's right. What I got here for RIT news is that Endgamer1331 has a YouTube channel. That's right. Another member of our community given back with that sweet, sweet content. Endgamer's YouTube channel, uh, is he described it as Weird Root Adjacent. Uh, on there, he covers a bunch of fan-made maps, fan-made factions, including the winner of this past year's Root Jam. And he's been doing weekly tests of other fan faction designs, trying out different fan factions that are in progress. And the name of that show is called Design in Progress. Nice. What's... um. What's the winner of this past year's Root Jam? It was the Feudal Federation by Endgamer and A.A. Ron. Oh, right. The faction that has the uh, samurais and the farmers. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. It flips back and forth between like a war footing and a peace footing. And there's a whole nice balancing mechanism there. Yeah, that was a cool faction. Yeah, so uh, slide on over to Endgamer 1331's YouTube channel. And go ahead and give that a little subscribe. Lots of great videos on here. Of note, they they were the ones who made the map that we talked about, I think, on our last episode. The Taiga. Uh, the Taiga? Map. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. Uh, I'm just, like, so impressed. Yeah, first Squidmark and now uh, Endgamer. There's, like, all kinds of... Nitro Rev. Budding... Yeah. ...content creators out there doing their thing. And, you know, if there's anything you could take away from this podcast is, like, you, know, you can just do it. <laughs> you can tap yourself on the head yeah. with your magic wand and become it. And we'll try and shout it out when you do. So do it and let us know on the Discord. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't aware of Endgamer's YouTube channel. He very nicely messaged me and asked me if I would mention it. And that's the kind of stuff we do here is lift the voices of the other content creators in the root sphere. That's so great. He took initiative to do that. You can do that as well. Yeah. You don't need to wait for an email from Jake. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Although you may be able to buy a house if he does email you. So <laughs> do, right. do look out for that. That's right. <laughs> Everyone check your spam folder. <laughs> this pod has zero advertising. Where is this money coming from? <laughs> All right. So uh, next up on Root News, the response to season three. You guys have come out in force on the Discord. It's actually been uh, 
kind of incredible to see. Like, we've got new listeners who've just binged the past two seasons and are showing up now, messaging us. Like, I love this. It's, it's so exciting to get a fresh wave of energy uh, over on the Woodland War Machine channel of the Good Time Society Discord. I loved how everyone was talking about how they were looking forward to their commutes and their dishes today. Because that means they got to listen to the podcast. So I, That's right. I really relate to that. That's exactly when I'm listening to my podcasts as well. Yeah, I have a question for listeners. What do you do while you're listening to this podcast? Uh, if you're listening to Jake, then you have like a faction board out and a, a pad of pens, a pad of pens, a whole pad of pens ready to go to write things down on a hot dog of hamburgers. Boards. <laughs> yeah, a hot dog of hamburgers. <laughs> yeah. And last up on Root News, other than us, I guess we just said, hey, we're Root News. Hey, that's Root News to us. <laughs> Hey, no, this is actually a really positive thing, and I'm glad you mentioned it, Kyle. But it does have a air of, like, the New York Times being like, hey, you really loved our last issue on the front cover of the New York Times. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of integrity we have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looks like bold and italics is really where it's at. Uh, a, we'll talk about ourselves a lot. B, you can just email us about your YouTube channel, and we'll post about it. <laughs> yeah. It's very low stakes here, folks. <laughs> this is a party. Welcome this to the is party. This episode, you yeah, guys. Yeah, We're yeah. all a bunch of assistant managers, but no one has control. Yeah. Um, and then just to put, like, a serious piece of news on this kind of, like, fun fire we got going here, Winter Tournament 3 has been confirmed by Garrick. No way! I didn't know this. Didn't he? <laughs> In our Discord, didn't he? Wait, no, I just, I just had it. When? Hold on. I don't want to say this. Th- this was like last week. Here's here's what Garrick said. He is preparing for this year's winter tournament. Signups are not open yet as of the recording of this podcast. However, steps are being taken in the direction of a winter tournament. Now, I think this year's winter tournament is going to look a little different than last year's winter tournament. As we all remember, it was double elimination last year with... I think it was like over 100 participants. The thing was a mammoth endeavor. And Garrick and Lily earned their Halo and Wings uh, forever in the Root community. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. they, for six straight months, streamed four and a half hour Root games. (laughs) Truly a test of fortitude that uh, only the strongest among us could handle. And Garrick's power has only grown. However, I think everyone's patience remains a bit limited and their ability to like re watch the replays right it's hard to watch four hours of gameplay footage on a regular basis uh so without like revealing anything too overt uh i think there's going to be some long-awaited changes to the root tournament format that uh will hopefully be positive and will lead us to some interesting competitive situations that's right coalitions only this winter tournament <laughs> that's right <laughs> There's a, there's a vagabond in every game by default, <laughs> and that 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 and the player they coalition with are the only two who can win. <laughs> That's right. This war game's all about symbiosis, everyone. Yeah. This is the Remora Shark Winter Tournament. <laughs> and if you're upset with that format, you can go to Twitch.tv/GarrickSamplesGames and complain to about it in your his chat. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe so you can complain with a fancy color on your <laughs> username. <laughs> So should I even post that if it's, I mean, what's definitive? I think he what's, said something in our Discord. Here's what's definitive. He's in the preparation stages for this year's winter tournament. 
and the format is going to look slightly different with hopefully some ways to streamline it. Like it might not be double elimination. Oh, he's just thinking about doing single to keep it quicker. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I think there will be an emphasis on streamlining in hopefully in like a, a way that maintains the integrity of the game. Although I think somebody like Garrick would never, ever uh, wish to compromise the integrity of the game um, for of the course. sake of his own yeah. sanity. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like the most devoted human being that I know. Garrick, we love you. Please reach out to the pod if you ever need anything. You've already been on this pod <laughs> more than anyone. More than anyone. Number. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he didn't ask any questions for our Q&A episode. Because okay. We're feel- sounding like a really desperate girlfriend right now. Guys, Garrick, you can call just call us. us. Why don't you ask us questions, Garrick? Garrick, I love you. I just, I just want, like, you know, to know, like, is it happening or like, or what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, where is this going? Like, where is it going? <laughs> are we gonna have another tournament? <laughs> are you interested in hirelings or? <laughs> I think we know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> I've just never used hirelings before. <laughs> I'm nervous. I, you're the only person I've ever told this to. I don't have it on my turn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great root news. Great root news. Here we news. go, guys. All right. So, Relaxed fit episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, folks. It is time to get into the meat and potatoes. But this week, it's more like um, a hash. A hash where, it, where the potatoes are ground beef. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. And there's a hot dog in the middle of that In ground. the middle, right. Okay, right. cool. Yeah. Yeah, and the meat is just two hamburger buns. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's start answering some of these uh, listener questions. Also, thank you so much uh, for all the listeners that have uh, asked questions. If you want to be a listener that asks questions or contributes to our episodes, you're going to have to go to the Good Time Society Discord and go ahead and find that Woodland War Machine channel doesn't hurt to give yourself the woodland war machine role so that way before our episodes we can tag you and you know how to participate all right so the questions we got one from tin the foil it says one faction defends you the rest try to kill you which faction do you choose yeah this one's really easy this one's super easy for me oh really it's the marquise de cat because they have field hospitals you guys so like (laughs) if they come for me and it doesn't work out, like, I'm going to be okay, you know, yeah. as long as they have a card to spend. They just like, wave catnip under your nose and you come back to life near the keep. <gasps> Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I choose Lord of the Hundreds to defend me because that is the one I don't want coming after me. Uh, okay. They've got mobs. They've got hundreds. They've got, and depending on that warlord's mood, who boy, I don't want to deal with that. So I'm going to go Lord of Hundreds. Yeah, he's got so many moods that you just can't even rationalize with him. So you'll never be able to talk him down. And right. he'll just chase you endlessly, right? Right. I don't want to be like on my last breath and see a jubilant warlord. But can he protect you? He's never around. He's never at home in the stronghold where you're probably chilling, right? He can hang out at a stronghold. He's defending me. Yeah, but he's really, he's going to be out there rampaging. You know, if he's jubilant, he's going to want to be out partying. If he's bitter, he's going to be showing that. <laughs> And you're going to have to put up with a bunch of oppression. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have no friends. It's all of his soldiers. Hey, if it keeps me alive, I will be oppressed. You know what I mean? Live free or die? Not me. I will live (laughs) contained. 
Thank you very much. He's just hoping that the warlord dies so he can get anointed one day. <laughs> mm. All right, what about you, Jake? I think th- this one was easy to me. It's the vagabond because we'll just slip into the forest together, baby. So in this game, when you have all of the other factions coming after you, you got one guy defending you is your plan? But he knows how he knows how to hide. It's not about defending me. It's about getting me out of harm's way. It says it's... one faction <laughs> defends you. Yeah, but he's defending me through stealth. I'm not saying, like, we all go into an open field like a revolutionary war and, like, shoot it out. It's that in the woodland, he's going to be slipping around, right? Although, to be fair, he would be great in that scenario because of all the crossbows. So, like, I don't know. He's going to be sniping people that are coming after us left and right. I think it's not a bad plan. Also, we know that they can jury rig uh, explosive devices and... You know, set a bunch of booby traps and stuff. I feel like and they're always doing that. favors for the commoners with their quests, so we're probably going to be able to hide out in a few basements or two, you know? Or at least a shed, you know? I mean, a Woodland <laughs> Alliance spy will catch us at some point, but... Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think those those are those are all great answers. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> yeah. All right, PJ Dark R says, what's the best board game you've fallen out of love with? Do you ever fear that that might happen with Root? Here's the thing. It's true that sometimes you can overdo it on something that you love and then you feel like you've burned out. You know, that does happen. I feel like that to me that's happened more with like video games than with tabletop mm-hmm. type games. Yeah. But here's what I'll say about Root. I think it's one of those games that the more you engage with it, the more room there is for you to go deeper with it. You know, I'm not just saying that as the host of a podcast that's solely devoted to the game. The whole reason we have this podcast is because we haven't hit the bottom yet. And, like, we keep digging and... There's more. You know, in theory, it seems like we should be hitting the bottom at any point. But, like, there's there's still more there there. It's a, it's a game that is... I mean, it's pretty endless in terms of your ability to engage with it, as far as I can tell. But, I, I mean, again, you can overdo it. Yeah, I mean, we're obsessed with Root. Um, sometimes people ask me, what's my favorite game? And I'm like, well, it's Root. But I also sometimes feel like I'm just like married to Root. Because we do this <laughs> podcast. My my Discord name is Murder She Root. You know, like I do feel like some obligation to it. I love her. Look, I love Root. She's flawless in my eyes. Um, and I will love her till the end of time. But... Also, like, I do like other games, too. <laughs> other games and, come into the store once in a while. Hey, hey, I, yeah. I like another game. And, and I'm going to look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, yeah, I'm not going to start another podcast. <laughs> I might start another podcast. I, I'm just saying that it would have to be a really special game to get to that same level. But at the same time, I think that there's, like, games that you've burned out on, Sam. Like, um, uh, a good example is Century Spice Road. Yeah, famously in Kyle and I's old gaming group, I got tired of playing Century Spice Road. Everyone thinks they love it, and so I kept trying to go like, okay, then everyone take... thinks they love it, or well, everyone loves well, it. Everyone's like, oh, let's play Century Spice Road, and I go, I don't want to play, and they're like, come on, and I'm like, here, take it, take the box. I don't want <laughs> it anymore, and they're like, no, you have it. We come and we play with you. And I'm like, I don't want to play it anymore. And I've noticed uh, like uh, Empires of the North, Imperial Settlers Empires of the North was another game that I really burnt out on because not even that I played it to death, but just this idea of like, 
engine building in a vacuum, like I really liked for a period of time, and now I don't enjoy it. Uh, what's engine building in a vacuum? Uh, just like an engine building game, like Empires of the North, like Wingspan or something. But if it sure. doesn't have a ton of player interaction, mm. then I'm going to burn out on it quick. Like a, a solitaire at the same time? Kind Multiplayer of solitaire. Yeah. 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 Um, I, there are exceptions to that. And I'm always down to like play one of those games a couple times, but it's not going to be like one of my favorite games because I think my favorite like moments in games are are interacting with other yeah. players. Sure, sure. That makes sense. The game I burned out on was uh, definitely chess. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine. Which might be surprising to some, but like for real, I, I hit a real like brick wall with chess for a while. It was when it like, becomes your job, man, that's that's right. a tough thing. Yeah, I was, like, preparing chess lessons while I was trying to, like, learn openings and stuff like that. And just after a while, it was, like, way too way too much of the same kind of diet. It was, like, eating oatmeal for every single meal. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it just became, like, this smoothie of nothing. <laughs> um, and I had to take a break. The thing is, is, like, and this is one of the reasons why I have so much faith in the game Root, is, like, I came back to chess because... There's so much there, there. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much left to explore. And, like, I got to a reasonably high level, and then I started encountering stuff that was, like, pretty advanced. And it, it made me, like, it cra- I don't know, cracked something open in me, and I was suddenly interested in the game again. Yeah, I think Root is kind of similar in its patterns, where, like, as you engage with it, it kind of con- continues to unfold in ways where you're like, oh, if I was a little bit more if i had a little more like wisdom about these factions and the way they interact i could have made a better choice here mm-hmm. and you can feel like your strength start to grow and like that's just such a good feeling and i think that's one of the things that always brings me back to root is like feels good to be good at it <laughs> mm-hmm. i think for a time we also like burnt ourselves out on one night ultimate werewolf <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, so, you guys have both mentioned that before. Yeah, and like we played it for years. Like that was the only game we knew, you know. That, that's the social deduction one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many people did you guys play with? Usually like 6 or 7. It yeah, and it's great. And uh but we took and then we like discovered Dominion. And then we played that for like a year and a half. Oh yeah, Dominion's great. And then we started playing a, pu- a bunch of different games once I started working at like game stores and stuff. But um recently we have like revisited one night ultimate werewolf a few times and it's great it's just that we burnt <laughs> ourselves out on it for a while what about you jake is there a game that you've burnt yourself out i on? mean twilight imperium i was kind of ingesting so much of mm-hmm. for a while i actually didn't get that many games in because i tended to play it in real life but i was always teaching new people yeah and i think the teaching new people aspect of it always felt a little like a lot of them felt like teaching games and so i never got the i didn't get the full experience and then when i did it was a blast but it was still a, an 11 hour day <laughs> mm-hmm. i could never get the groups that could get it down to like six hours because we always had a few new people you know and that's fine that, that that really wasn't a big issue but it was an issue of just like uh this is an endeavor as opposed to an adventure sometimes and i don't if, if it's starting to feel that way i need to stop I also kind of got burnt out on uh, Lords of Waterdeep. Do you guys play Lords of Waterdeep? Oh, okay, yeah. That game, that game's fantastic. I I really do like it. There's a there's a little bit of randomness in the uh, quests you can draw and stuff, but 
base game plus two expansions really make it a fantastic both two-player game and like six-player game as well to, to answer the second part of pj darker's question which is do you ever fear that might happen with root um i think it's wise that we take breaks <laughs> like i i haven't thought about root in a couple months because of our break and it was a nice thing to return to because now i'm ready to actually think about it more often because when we're recording you know 20 of these things by the end of that i'm just like i don't need to think about meeples anymore i'm good i got it <laughs> i'm i'm getting the bug pretty bad like i yeah. went back and i watched like five tournament games from last year's winter tournament just because i was like interested yeah and I, I was curious about like the way people were playing the new factions at that point and yeah it it's it's a game that's so fun to come back to after like taking a breather as well so like, that probably wouldn't have happened in june for you right it happens now after you took a break yeah yeah and i feel like i've got a fresh set of eyes as well so i'm picking up on motifs that i was not aware of at the beginning of last year's winter tournament that's it's pretty fun all right i got another question from nitro rev what's your biggest gripe with root that you'd change if you could oof hmm I've Ooh, got it. I know. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead, Kyle. Okay. Now you go first, Sam. Well, first of all, Root is flawless. Um, <laughs> no notes. But if I had a note, <laughs> uh, actually, I mean, I've I've been thinking about this. Like, if there's like a 2.0 version of Root, like, what were the what would be the things that I'd be most happy to see kind of altered? For me, number one is probably vagabond issues, and there's a couple. I think mainly the incentive that like the vagabond gets points for killing warriors. You get no points for hurting the vagabond. And like the, the fact that the vagabond, when you do your job makes that player skip their turn. Um, all of those things just kind of like they, they're not great. And the fact that the vagabond is so competitively viable, like the fact that it's like kind of the, one of the top tier factions, especially rules as written all those kind of incentive structures don't fit right with me, but also in a similar vein, my number one complaint is the moles. I, what the moles can do and how little they have to risk to do it, um, makes me angry. Uh, <laughs> the, you can play the moles really, ex, you know, exploitatively. Is that the word? If you want an example of that, watch any of my tournament games from the winter <laughs> tournament last year. Cause I feel like yeah. I was doing it and I, don't think that that is great. felt good. Yeah, yeah your yeah. attitude yeah. very much, even during the tournament, was like, "I hate that I can do this, <laughs> yeah. but it works, so I'm just going to." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to touch on the vagabond for a second, I think the the one major fix we saw at the winter tournament last year was despot infamy. Right. Uh, the rule change where the vagabond would get a single bonus point for uh, destroying any enemy. Uh, pieces mm -hmm. and then you know on top of that you get whatever cardboard points or whatever but it's it works just like the despot anytime you destroy any enemy pieces you just get a single bonus point for that battle uh which did seem to kind of repair some of that incentive structure yeah. somewhat one thing that we have not seen tried at a competitive level but which i think is interesting is the quest freshener oh yeah 
Um, I don't have on hand the creator of the Quest Freshener. Future Jake here. It's Slugface Killa. That's the creator of the Quest Freshener. I'll have a link to the workshop item for that in the description of this episode. The Quest Freshener essentially is, at the end of the Vagabond's turn, the three face-up quests that, that the Vagabond has, instead of staying static until you complete one, instead one of them drops off and gets put on the bottom of the quest deck, and a new quest turns over so there's always like a new kind of quest coming in and as well there's like an opportunity cost too if you decide to delay on a certain accessible quest like it might not come back up is it a column that goes down uh it's it's the same layout it's just that they like slide over ah got you know it. what so i mean one so drops like, off it kind of advances and one mm-hmm. drops off goes to the bottom of the deck uh, which is fun you know that helps to keep things a little bit fresh it helps to keep the vagabond unpredictable which is cool and it makes it so that they can't uh just math out the winning turn from like three turns in advance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jake? Any issues with root? I mean, you make really good points about the factions for sure. Especially as we've seen the moles figure out that meta and they've just kind of climbed there or I guess dug there. But I guess my other issue is like the rules are really solid for the most part, but they I think a lot of the a lot of the specificity of words is necessary to make root work. So I understand why it is as complex as it is, but <laughs> the confounding nature of who you are representing when you're moving this piece based on like, you know, the false orders thing or yeah. yeah that doesn't need to be confounding. That should just be pretty simple to understand, I think. And I don't know, I don't have like an easy off the cuff solution for that. But I think, I think you could just have a universal, it works one way kind of thing. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. The like treating as another player. Right. And then it's like, who pays the outrage if you move them into a sympathetic clearing? Like like all that stuff should be, there should be a global rule for it instead of it being so that way, you know? Yeah. But that's, that's pretty minor. And also it only reflects a, a few mechanics of the game. Additionally, you know. There's just some cards that can do weird things, I guess. Yeah, I mean, favors are wild. Mm. Um, now, see, I th- I think I would defend favors a little bit. Well, Cole does. Yeah. I know, and I think I think they he wants to have the threat of them in there. Even if, I mean, we've discussed how impractical they are. When we did the tier list, we put them in A instead of S, didn't we? Right. Which felt crazy, but like they're A because they're impractical, and by the time you have the ability to craft them, you might not have much of a target for them, right? Because you're presumably a huge presence in those clearings. To Definitely be able to depends have on the faction. Uh, the right. tinker pulling it off is bad news. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. There's certain combos that they're, that yeah. makes it a, a nuclear weapon. But I'm just saying, I, I understand the fun of it a little bit. It is yeah. I mean. Coin and coin enthusiasts might be upset about it for sure. But. Yeah. All right. My biggest gripe with root. I have two things to say. One, the crafting cost of stand and deliver. Yeah. Is just an outrage. It's an outrage, Cole. <laughs> uh, okay. Two is. Oh wait. Uh, also, um, the, <laughs> uh, was it last week? We had a challenge for who could craft stand and deliver uh, that's the yeah, challenge that's right. screenshot it show me that you crafted stand and deliver um that episode has not aired so we haven't been receiving any of the things but that challenge <laughs> is still live and there will be another challenge this episode the first person to post a photo where they were able to craft stand and deliver will win a free house from jake michael <laughs> that's right yeah 
Yeah, just go ahead and timestamp that photo, and I'll be sure to get you the paperwork. <laughs> I hope you're ready to take out a loan. <laughs> no, I, well, I'm apparently paying for this house, and yes, I will be taking out a loan. <laughs> it's currently at 7%, those mortgage rates. That's really Ooh. fantastic. Ooh. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, It's really working out. Um, my second gripe with Root is as much as I love the intricate political nature of this game, and how much I love the twists and turns that Table Talk can create in the story, the political story of a Root game. I think there's an element of Root that needs more urgency. That's one of my gripes with Root is that it's in its current form a little too easy to kind of sit back and oh. use up an arbitrary amount of time to like complete your tasks there's no like pressure to you know react make a fast deal make snap decisions that kind of thing that to me is like one of the things that i would love to see improved about root but like what board game has that urgency you know what i mean like isn't that like a a fault of all like turn-based games oh i don't know i i kind of get what you're saying kyle because like right now the way it's organized, it's so easy to behead the leader a little bit that you're skating by to do so and getting other people to work with you can work to your eventual benefit because you'll find that I got enough on the last turn kind of thing. Yeah, and also you can... There's no reason to like uh, not spend a bunch of time on your first turn and also spend just a ton of time on your last turn. It's it's one of those things where like maybe because I'm coming from like chess world where like yeah the time you spend strategizing and thinking is uh costing you something. And one of the elements of the game is uh you know finding ways to make good decisions fast and then you get rewarded for that because you know you have a pool of time if you really need it. And to me I just think that would be uh, that would make the game more fascinating because, like, I mean, think about the real world. It's like if you are in a situation where you're you know, fighting you're, a raccoon, you're fighting a raccoon, you know, <laughs> it's like th- there's no world where politics has an unlimited amount of time for stuff to happen. You know, a war is a very oh, is urgent thing. So you'd encourage a, a turn timer, essentially. I think so. I think it would make Root a better game. And just because, like, there's I think it would put an interesting dilemma into your turns right you would have to either uh choose to try and like engage in some table talk and make it happen on your turn but that's like something you're choosing to spend like effort and time on can you not start table talk not on your turn i i'm sure you can oh okay well then you'd be using up someone else's time sure i mean they, they don't have to engage back right like they can probably still just do their turn that's true and if you're griefing them then you're being like a bad yeah, all right. Bad faith player, which is, you know, that's its own whole discussion. Like, I, I kind of wanted to try a turn timer for Twilight Imperium, but, like, there's a fair problem of, like, so many people talk amongst themselves between turns that, like, it's hard to actually have an accurate timer for that. But I do mm-hmm. like the idea of, like, we don't have to engage. It could be interesting. And it's just, it's something that I've been thinking about a lot, especially because I come from, like, chess land yeah. so much. And that's, like, such a big theme in that game. It's one of the the elements of Root that 
I guess I want to tinker with and and kind of try out. Well, there's like you're also saying that it doesn't have a natural timer like some games do. Like I just played uh, Everdell for the first time. Have you played Everdell, Sam? Yeah, I know it. Yeah, you only get I think it's three seasons and then the game's over. So you got to get as many points as you can in those three seasons. So there's a natural timer within the game, right? Are you the, you're advocating for either of those options, Kyle, or do you want specifically a turn timer? I could see it going in two different directions. Um, just to like. For, for theory's sake, like, one way it could be, like, you start with a pool of time that slowly ticks down over the course of your game. Yeah. And you you spend that time however you see fit during the course of the game. The other one could be, like, each phase of your turn, you have a certain amount of time to do. I, there's multiple ways to kind of think about it. Yeah. But I just think it, it would be kind of interesting and it would put the political side of fruit into relief a little bit. Uh, because again in in the real world like you are under time pressure almost yeah. always right the Absolutely. election is coming up uh the offensive is happening now like you need <laughs> to make the call yeah. you need to find Absolutely. those friends who are similarly in a desperate situation or find someone who is when you have plenty of time find someone who's in a desperate situation and try and make a friend help them out help their turn be faster so that you can work together. The pressure also makes such an interesting dynamic on their decision making, right? It's like we get to see some results from panic, and that's when blunders can happen. And I think that kind of happens anyway, but it would just be fun to like, yeah, watch it happen it. faster. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we do a root podcast, and as soon as somebody's like, "Hey, what's your biggest gripe about root?" We just did fifteen like unbroken minutes on our problems. Well, it kind of makes sense. I mean, this is what we've been thinking about for. Yeah. 50 episodes. Yeah. I get uh, it. Here's what I'll say. You could also phrase this, what are some ways to improve your favorite game? There right, it is. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that's what we're all trying to do. We love Root. I, I, I might get a Root tattoo. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> all right. I got a question here from God I Love Pringles. They say, which faction do y'all think is best morally speaking? They're all pretty complex, but I'd love to know which one you think could actually be good rulers of the woodland. Well, sure as hell not the badgers. No, it's not the badgers. <laughs> no. Um, I just don't trust them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I honestly, I know probably a lot of people would go woodland alliance here, but I can't. I can't justify the violence. I'm not a violent person, you know? Yeah, they the, the, do the ends justify the means. Wait. I feel like they're on the wrong side of that question. All of these <laughs> factions are violent. It's a war game. What do you mean? What's What makes them more violent? I think there's clearly an answer to there's a faction that's not violent. Um, though I don't want the world to be ruled by a cult, so I don't know. I don't Is it know violence if they willingly choose to be sacrificed? Honestly, it might be the cats, and I know that's bad. <laughs> I know that's bad. I know I the shouldn't invader. say it. The invading yeah. colonists. Sam doesn't consider trees to be people, so Sam, I that's don't. on you, buddy. I don't. Badgers, people. Colts, people. <laughs> trees, not people. Jake, <laughs> what do you think? What Which one of these factions is the most morally upstanding? I mean, I kind of, I, I think a long time ago I pitched the Woodland Alliance because I didn't quite see them as the terrorists that you guys pitched them as. I saw them as a little bit of like the common folk rising up because that's what they kind of yeah. looked like artistically too. They looked like the working man grabbing an axe instead of a hammer, right? I mean, that's right. that's what they're selling you. 
I was like that. You've just been reading the pamphlets, Jake. Yeah, no. yeah. Just like the cats are selling you that, like, no, let us build everything. It'll be good in the long run. You know what I mean? Like, there's upsides to all these factions, and there's I know they all dark have their propaganda. Sides to all these factions. Yeah, yeah. The dark side of the Woodland Alliance is everything's on fire. <laughs> What's the upside to the Lord of the Hundreds? I'm trying to see. I don't think I have a order a already. <laughs> Lord of the Hundreds is probably the last place answer. No, they're, yeah, he's, they're, he's they're a not desperate. even trying to be good. Yeah, <laughs> completely capricious, relentlessly individual, just like maybe vengeance the machine. None <laughs> of his moods are cheerful, <laughs> helpful, or apologetic. <laughs> In a gifting mood, yeah, generous. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was wondering about the moles actually, yeah. because the bureaucracy is like guaranteeing some level of like organization on terms of like everybody getting food and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the borough's got some safety to it. I think either the moles or, or specifically the tinker. <laughs> You're going vagabond. <laughs> no, I love the, the tinker. Okay. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah, but I love the idea that it's like, all right, we, we got someone new in charge. Yes, they are wearing teapots on their feet as shoes, but they are going to be the de facto person we are going to consult for all major decisions. One of the fact, one of the classes of vagabond is the vagrant. You know what okay, I mean? Yeah, I don't know. If I, this guy I, that's why is... I'm not saying the. That's why I'm not saying the vagabond. I'm saying the tinker. And honestly, Harrier is probably a pretty good person too. What about the arbiter? It seems like that's like the most morally upstanding. Yeah, that's what he wants you to believe. See, you yeah, guys can fall. You guys can't fall for. Uh, Alliance propaganda, but you'll believe the Arbiter's noble causes in the okay. Name okay, of what about he the defends. Stoic protector? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can hirelings be in charge of the woodland? <laughs> I'm gonna go for the woodland band. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Uh, that's a great question. Um. So the moles. <laughs> yeah, the moles. I think are the best morally. Yeah, I guess because like, what's their like downside? It's like, oh, they have too much red tape. Like, I don't know. Been there, done yeah. that. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's okay, considering the alternative is violence. Their you know main I mean? way, their main way of getting points is giving promotions to people. That's a nice thing to do. Yeah, they have a parliamentary system. Yeah, mm-hmm. which isn't always successful, as we've learned this week. Right. But you know, <laughs> uh, I got a question here from Monte Cristo twenty four six zero one. They say. In honor of the World Cup being held this year, which root faction would be best prepared to win a soccer match if the Woodland were to host a tournament? Thank Ooh, you so much for this question. question. What a great question. The otters are so playful. They know how to use a ball, generally speaking, right? Mm-hmm. I think the Lord of the Hundreds would be the best soccer team. They have the most soccer energy, right? They're, they go with the ups and the downs. They ha- they're they really experiencing the emotions of every like moment in play. But they always have that team spirit. And when their captain gets injured and has to get dragged off the field in a stretcher, you know what they do? They pass the armband <laughs> of captain to the next player in line. I, I no. thought you were going to say the fact that their team is a writhing horde of rats. <laughs> <laughs> which I think yeah, would be pretty else. effective on a soccer field. <laughs> um. I, I think that the Lord of the Hundreds is too individually focused. Soccer's mm. too much of a team sport. Yeah. If this was baseball or football, American football, I would agree with you, Kyle. Um, okay. You know, you're right. It'd be like a bunch of 
eight-year-olds playing soccer. It's just like everyone goes after the ball <laughs> yeah, all the yeah. time yeah. in Lord of the Hundreds. Yeah, it's just a big clump of... <laughs> is it is it crazy to say the Lizard Cult? I feel like maybe, you know, the Lizard Cult, they're used to not scoring a lot. It's, you know your, what favorite, I mean? it's your favorite faction in your favorite sport. So, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, you yeah. want to put them together. Yeah, I do. I want the Lizards to your host the World Cup. Your tattoo better be the Lizard Cult playing soccer. Or Instead of holding a, a skull, he's holding a soccer ball. <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. I just don't find them very athletic. Yeah, they seem like they just wait for the sunshine. I guess they don't move enough. You're right. Soccer's <laughs> a running sport. They need to move. They're not known for that, you know? Um, uh, Jake, I like your idea. The, the river folk are pretty, like, swift. I'm just thinking animalistically. Like, they're so playful already. I feel like they're the they're the sporty types, right? Uh, yeah, I think they'd be pretty good. Cats will just be chaos on the field. Yeah. They won't pass to each other. Birds will illegally carry constantly. They'll try and fly with it. You know, <laughs> I think the birds might be a great team for this. Yeah. They, might be pretty they have good. to walk. They have to run. <laughs> so if if it is based on like land agility. <laughs> okay. I guess they could fly then kick, I guess. Sure. I got it, folks. I got it. All right. <laughs> we all know FIFA is super corrupt. Okay. okay? Here it is. Uh-huh. Oh, here the it is. answer yeah. is the Corvid conspiracy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Somehow we lost that game, and I don't know how we did it. Maybe it was that trap that locked our goalie's leg outside of the box. I bet that's what it was. No, it might have been the bomb in the other team's locker room. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. Yeah, Corbin's got to be. Yeah, they dug up some dirt on the ref, and so now they got. (laughs) All right, good call. Okay. Next. Great question. All right, I got another one here from PJ Darker. He gave us three questions for us individually. So I'll start with Jake's. He said, I recently re-listened to the first few episodes of Woodland War Machine, wherein you took on the mantle of the, quote, unexperienced guy. You've obviously grown a ton in your root acumen since then. Oh, thanks. What role did Woodland War Machine play in your growth as a root player in enhance your love of the game (laughs) well i mean i learned so much from both of you in terms of conceptualizing this game that i had never conceptualized it before like i guess i had played maybe i would say probably only 10 games of root before we started this podcast maybe maybe a couple more because i didn't even have digital at that point Mm -hmm. and then i realized oh this is a there's levels to this game that i didn't even know i needed to explore and so i think that's what this podcast has done it's like just open doors that i wasn't even aware the door was in the hallway i thought this was just a dead end and i was like oh wait <laughs> there's a door here thank you sam and kyle <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that, that also has gone with like learning through all the community that has shared so many insights and rules with us and especially garrick and a lot of the work that he's put into like code of like making the rules clear for all of us because <laughs> generally when we have a question we just direct message him or say his name three times and he just appears <laughs> yeah and so i think that like between those two things we've learned so much about the specificity of this game i thought this game what i didn't realize that this game was a little looser than it was and no it's not it's actually very it has a, a rigidity to it in a good way like it's 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 got a form and so if you can learn that form, then you can learn how to master it. And that's been a fun adventure. I will say I took on the mantle of the experience inexperienced guy, obviously because I had less experience than both of you, but like, I feel it's an important dynamic and I try to keep, even if I've gained more experience, I don't want to be another expert voice here, even though I have opinions. It, it'd be weird if there was three guys with good opinions. Like I need to be able to ask the questions because either I don't understand or I do understand. And I want to make sure that we're, 
covering all the bases, right? And all the perceptions. I'm trying to hold the hand of everybody else who hasn't played as much as us. It's honestly great just to have somebody who goes, all right, so what I'm hearing you both say is, <laughs> and have we considered that not being the case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate that perspective in every way. And uh, also, that's why you didn't play any Root this summer, right? That's the reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not because you had a child, but because... <laughs> no, I got tons of time for Root. Yeah. yeah. You just have to, like, <laughs> I have to be blank. Sam and Kyle <laughs> have to show me the way. You guys write it. I'll just record it. <laughs> uh, Kyle, uh, PJ yeah. Darker, wants to know, has Root affected your chess game at all, positively or negatively? Yeah, I think Root and chess... Um, are symbiotic in so many ways, mm -hmm. which is sort of great. Um, I also think they work at cross purposes to each other in some ways as well. So the unhelpful short answer to this is both, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the thing in chess is you can't talk to your opponent during a chess game at all. You can't? You'll get kicked out. Yeah, you'll get kicked out. Whoa, I did not know that. Yeah. I just thought it, it doesn't benefit be like you. I, I didn't know it was a rule. I mean, it doesn't benefit you, right. but also you can't do it. Okay. I think that actually helps my root game more than anything because you learn really fast how to um, be still and quietly calculate and be really ruthlessly honest about what's going on on the board. I mean, chess is just like a very objective game, right. whereas root can be pretty subjective in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. At least there's a lot of information that you can't possibly know right. and a lot of interactions that are emergent over the course of a game. Well, you can, you kind of get a feel for it after a while, but it's very much an intuitive thing with root, and it's very much an objective thing with chess. Yeah, and people carry their own personal biases, you know, coming into a game of like, I just lost to a uh, no turmoil eerie you know so mm -hmm. they might turmoil an eerie before they might need to just because they're coming in with that where it's like like you said chess is a lot more objective like there you might have a bias against a piece i guess or a position <laughs> but like it's it's way less of a thing i feel like but one of the things i will say is that i i do think that Root has improved my chess game in terms of my creativity. Mm. Um, I've talked about this before, I think with you, Jake, but like when I hit my rut with chess, my like brick wall, the thing that got me out of it was going uh, to a chess tournament and going like out and finding each game, not just kind of like trying to like hold on to a small advantage and like defend, you know, a drawn position for 70 moves. Right. But like try and like go find the game, like go be creative and have fun take a risk and i think root rewards that kind of behavior chess will punish it uh but at least it's more enjoyable <laughs> yeah and with root you can it can pay off if you get other players to do things for you which is so unchess like you there's no other players to do things for you <laughs> correct yeah exactly i would say overall in terms of like my vision like board vision root has definitely improved my chess game but I think it, the pipeline kind of runs the other direction, honestly. Like, playing chess a bunch has really developed my root game. And uh, that's really the only one I... <laughs> that's the one I'm most invested in, so I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> well, you you always remember how, how important turn efficiency is. Because on the inverse for me, it's like everything you do has to matter. Like, chess is, is very much that way. Like, you can't waste a turn. And with Root, the more competitive we've been playing lately, you also can't waste a turn. 
It's true. Yeah. Tempo is so important. Just like the concept of tempo as applied to root. I feel like I very rarely hear people discuss that in, in relation to root, but it does matter a lot. I think we all know that like, if you zoom way, way out, it's like a root game tends to last seven to eight turns. And just knowing that fact is like, yeah, it changes the your relationship with the game in a big way, yeah. you know? In that way, Root's a little more, I don't know, like, it, it, the ending is a little more predictable than in a chess game where it can go out to, like, over 100 moves. Yeah, I don't know. I think the, the interplay is not, like, one-to-one, but there is crossover. I love the idea that it could have negatively affected you. Yeah. How could it negatively affect me? Yeah, it's because I stayed up way too late playing Root, and so now I'm like tired at the the chessboard. (laughs) PJ Darker asks, hey, Murder She Root, have you given up on getting Rachel into Root? Coming from a guy whose wife used to only play Vagabond if I begged her, I can attest that having a wife who is now fully invested in Root is one of the great blessings to be had in this life. Aw, that's, that's great. So sweet. Very happy for you, PJ Darker. <laughs> oh, um, no, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, I have I given up on getting Rachel into Root? Yeah, uh, you know she's <laughs> she knows what kind of games she likes and stuff. I think that Rachel definitely, as we've played more uh, complex games and stuff, can definitely hang when it comes to Root. But it's not something that she super enjoys. I imagine like. You know, also, she's, like, married to the person who's very good at it, right? So she's like, not, like, a war person. She doesn't really like taking other people's pieces off the no. board. You know where my wife is really good at is is she's really good at the game Fleet the Dice I gonna, Game. I thought you were going to say, you know where she's good at? On the docks, fishing. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Fleet the Dice Game, because she's, she is really good at that game. She wallops She's me. shockingly good at yeah. that game. Yeah, when it comes to, like, a roll and write, like, a little efficiency thing checking off things she's very good there's lots of games where we're competitive i cannot touch her when it comes to fleet the dice game to be clear it's not just checking boxes it's also like a big engine building mechanic right yeah and it's like really combo tastic and we've played it i mean we ran out of sheets we played (laughs) we played the whole thing we ran out of sheets we had to order more sheets so it's a great game and my wife kills at it i honestly i haven't found a score that's beat hers on the internet so she might be the best you mean her top score yeah yeah yeah. we keep our top scores on the fridge for all the games so we're definitely gaming and stuff uh when it comes to rachel and root though uh first of all pj thanks so much for remembering my wife's name that's so sweet i i I wouldn't expect a listener to know that um (laughs) but like i i I, she definitely games all the time with me but root i have just like this crew and honestly it's like i barely play with people unless it's like oh we're getting together to play it and we're all interested in it uh i don't like to do a lot of like teaching games i've done some lately to try to build a group but it's like i'm years ahead of these people you know what i mean <laughs> like i need to play with yeah. the people that run a root podcast the people yeah. that listen to the root podcast to the people that participate in the tournaments because that's where i feel like i'm growing as a player um but yeah it's nice to not force your spouse to play games they don't really like that much. Yeah. <laughs> like, K- Katie doesn't like deception games, and I love... You taught me Skull, and I love oh. Skull. And she's... Yeah, Skull's so good. But she it's is... really good. She'd be happy to never play Skull ever again. That's all I ever <laughs> want That's so play. surprising to me. Because so- Skull's so simple. But... Uh... I think she just doesn't like lying. She doesn't like having... She doesn't like deception that much. She- yeah. 
She doesn't think she's good at it. She actually is pretty good at it, but she doesn't think she is. Yeah. It's the ultimate bluff. It's so good. That and uh, Cockroach Poker are such a blast. You guys taught me both yeah. those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cockroach Poker is super fun, too. I'm looking forward to um, uh, finding a new game for me and my significant other to enjoy. And in fact, uh, a game by the name of Tiny Turbo Cars just <laughs> arrived at my doorstep this very week. Wow. Oh, whoa. Look at the I turnaround. Mine's coming like, tomorrow. Two weeks ago was the whole "Are they still in business?" question, and now, <laughs> yeah, now it's I at have your it. door. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to play. Congratulations. You guys. <laughs> Me too. I just got my uh, Orleone upgraded bits from BGG in the mail today. Ooh, really I showed fun. you Orleone, right? Or did you know? Yes. It was? Yeah, yeah, yes, that was did. a really fun game. Yeah, you destroyed us, Kyle. I liked Orleans. <laughs> I love Orleans. Me too. Yeah. Highly recommend. So complete. You can do anything in that game. Okay. I got a great question from Kaznar342, uh, welcoming committee, saying, what music do you listen to when playing Root? What snacks do you have? Um, this has a very clear and obvious answer for Kyle and I. Um, <laughs> those artists are called the Feichter Brothers, Brandon and Derek Feichter. We might have brought them up once before. Um, they release like 10 albums a year. Yeah, uh, and way more, way more than that. Yeah, like more than that. Yeah, yeah. And it's all like... I think I counted last year, it was like 15 or something. It <laughs> yeah. was insane. Yeah, so like... <laughs> On average, they're releasing more than one album a month. Okay, and they just released an album. I think yet today, October twentieth, twenty twenty two. Their album is out. What is it called? It's an it's a six song EP. Actually, it's called Dark Castle. Yeah, and here's some examples of songs from Dark Castle: Haunted Organ, Great, Medieval Dungeon, mm-hmm. Seamstress with Raven Wings. Okay, that's fun. <laughs> That's Ominous cool. Throne Room. That yes. is a classic Feichter Brothers title right there. Right. So these artists, they focus on creating a, an atmosphere, but I can't express how undistracting the music is. It is the perfect amount of like, it's it's like one of those things where, um, let's say that like your attention as a listener is like rain. The music they make is like a Gore-Tex like rain jacket. Your attention just sort of slides off of it somehow. Like you don't even remember forgetting that you were listening to it. It just you're suddenly like absorbed in the game and like time has gone by, but you're like enjoying the music still subconsciously somehow. It's very amazing how they do it. So like when you're painting a room, you're like looking at all these colors that you want to like paint the wall and you have to go like 15 shades subtler than the color that you want you know you want just like a breath of green or a breath of yellow in that color and feichter music is like the wall paint of music where it's just like <laughs> you just get a little bit of it it and it can't distract you you can't yeah like kyle said you it can't it's, hold your attention if it tried they have so much practice making this kind of music that it actually intimidates me so much. And it, the reason it's not distracting is because it's so well made. There's yes. not a single moment that kicks you out of the experience. Right. It's just completely, like, flawlessly stitched together. Yeah. And their albums flow so well. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty great. And you'll have those occasional moments where you're like, what's this called? Like mermaid cove or whatever like There's okay like 72 great. songs specifically about mermaids again none of these have lyrics 
<laughs> they're just vibes, and there's 72 vibes about mermaids. <laughs> it's it's quite amazing, and they're just relentlessly productive. They're yeah. the most like prolific musicians that I've ever met. In fact, Sam, for uh, your <laughs> yeah. bachelor party, our mutual friend Juliana contacted the Fichters and g- commissioned a song specifically for you to celebrate you know you and and board gaming yeah sam's song of triumph yeah uh it is it is a song um yeah i mean so that is classically what kyle and i listen to when we're playing board games uh just because it is like so undistracting you know i know a lot of people put on like movie soundtracks but sometimes it's like the music's really intense when you're like trying to think and you're like it, it it doesn't match up Whereas, like, with Fighter, you're not, like, worried about that. It just is in the background. It just creates atmosphere. That was always a problem with, like, the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Because yeah. it has such good atmospheric music. And then it's punctuated by, like, a Mordor scene where it's like... Yeah, it gets... There's a big dynamic changes yes, yeah. right big dynamic changes that's the thing about movie score sometimes it's way too quiet for too long and you're like is this still on and then it just <laughs> yeah. destroys your speakers <laughs> yeah, yeah. the the other music that i like to play during root and I'll, I'll admit i like to listen to this while i'm playing root digital mostly is a band that you introduced me to jake michaels oh yeah uh it is called magic sword oh i was and wondering if magic sword this is gonna, yeah. band just slays <laughs> they really so do. much it's this kind of like steady beat, like electro metal, like it's just epic and awesome. <laughs> and uh, I love it. And it's the kind of thing that just like it chugs along at such a like good pace, the perfect pace to just sit back and plot how to destroy your enemies. It's like yeah. so perfect. It's got a solid groove, but like a lot of pulse and, and forward rhythm to it. It's... uh they're they're an electronic band from Boise, Idaho, which is really fun. Uh, oh wow! Didn't yeah, no, I knew they were Northwest boys, but but Idaho boys. They they wear masks, digital masks. I've seen them live once actually, oh, and they like awesome. have little screens on their on their face, and they are only known as the Keeper, the Seer, and the Weaver. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love this band. That's so cool. Um, to answer the snacks question, usually just gummies. <laughs> Gummies for sure. Gummies. I'm I'm rocking some lifesaver collisions right now. Uh, yeah, those are optimal for sure. Those are really good. Black Forest uh, gummy bears. Oh yeah. Jake snacks. Don't compromise in the gummies, guys. Yeah, no. It was uh for during the root days. It was a lot of uh, chips and salsa kind of situation, um, hmm. but n- nothing thrilling like that. But I just had the most fantastic peach serrano salsa, my friend. Oh, okay. another Sam in my life. Excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's moving up the rankings of Sam's. So excuse me. <laughs> You're still number one, but I don't know. There's some number. There's some some creeping up the charts. Excuse me. <laughs> we have a question from Glandor Hooverstein. They ask, "Can I ask for a complete and definitive list of all Kyle's clearing nicknames, Texas, Canada, etc.?" And the answer is no. <laughs> Kyle, can you rattle off some of them? Oh my god, I don't know if I can rattle off all of them. I did recently come up with names for all the lake map um, clearings, which you, you made know, a is, map once, right? I did. Yeah, no, I went way too in depth with it. So uh, primarily, I think these apply to winter map and autumn map. 
Um, but I, so here's the whole like story behind this is the very first YouTube video that I published about the Woodland Alliance mentions Texas. And then I did a bunch of playthroughs that involved me like rattling off the names for them all. So if you just look at the auto map, it kind of resembles like the US. Now, granted, I am from the United States. So like, uh, is my vision myopic yes so <laughs> i look at a map and i'm like hey that kind of looks like the u.s amerocentric mm-hmm. here you go um so yeah i mean cancun and canada and texas i think are probably the three that everyone is aware of <laughs> those, are, those are the ones that stuck i did name the others but they just didn't matter as much great comprehensive list <laughs> uh, do you have a map of them I do. I have a hand-drawn map of the lake map. I, I have to, like, dig around and find it. If you just give me a digital picture of that, I'll put in the show notes. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll right. find that for you, Jake. All right, cool. Bonsai7000 says, what's your favorite single piece of artwork en route? Ooh. And how likely question. do you think that the rumored reports of a Creed reunion <laughs> and tour are true? <laughs> Is that a sardonic question or actually considering reunion? I think that that's an actual internet rumor, and people want an us to weigh actual in. Actual internet rumor, or okay, yeah, like it's a rumor. It's not just Look, something. I they only made trust up. rumors that I see in a newspaper. Like, so. I say actual in that bonds. I didn't just make it up for this question. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, in November 2020, drummer Scott Phillips announced the reunion was a possibility. Yeah, I think the drummer is like really hoping so. Of course he is. He's the drummer for Creed. Favorite piece of artwork, folks? Uh, I mean, from Scott Phillips or from any of the members of Creed? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'll make you do a Creed podcast. Look, Don't it think I won't. I will, you will show up one day and this outline will all be Creed questions. It will be Creed pretty. Creed pretty. <laughs> Creed pretty. I mean... Corvid planners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'll never get that bird out of my head. Like, that's that bird. It's so cute. Yeah. I'm just like, I just love the idea that I'm also here. I count for the birds. <laughs> like, we have rule now. <laughs> like, it just stands around. <laughs> just you go stand in this clearing and make sure that we come. There's enough of us. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, that, that's him. I just love that. Uh, being a lizard boy, I gotta say, coffin makers is my favorite. Yeah, piece that was of my art. close second. Yeah, so good. Uh, it's also tongue based, is why, right? <laughs> yeah, ah. yeah, yeah. Same. <laughs> that's why they're. Yeah, that's why they're the, the best. Kyle Farron tongue is unbeatable. <laughs> Kyle, what do you got? Um, I think my favorite card is Command Warren. Mm. I think that art is my favorite. It's got a big root T in it. It's got the rabbit. With the the cup of hot steaming tea and the steam is kind of rising, and and he's got like these like bracers on his forearms, these like kind of metal bracers, and there's clearly like a map rolled out with like little like war game pieces on it, and there's just something about the like expression on this rabbit that I just I think it's the cutest thing on the universe where it's just like it's kind of angry but it's just like really focused and i just love it it's just it brings me joy and i think it's my favorite piece of art it feels like a portrait of you honestly like if you were in the woodland this would be you yeah maybe so i've it my uh um old avatar was the uh tax collector yeah guy 
which I also really love. I think the tax collector is such a cute card. Mm-hmm. It's like staring at it like a bottle of wine that's like clearly <laughs> just like a bribe. <laughs> one last piece of uh, Bonsai's question here. Uh, is there one moment or play that stands out for you in your root career? I remember watching a game on the mountain map where Marcus the Cat won as the Cats. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited about the, like, high level of strategy that was employed in that game that I watched it, like, three or four times and ended up taking, like, 12 pages of notes that I then photographed and sent to Sam. And I was like, this game is insane. Here it is, turn by turn, so you can read it, Sam. <laughs> and you were like, what is happening over there? You Have you lost your mind? <laughs> yeah. There's formulas written on the walls of his apartment. Yeah, it was literally like my like red yarn and thumbtacks <laughs> moment for sure. But I, that stands out to me just because it opened my eyes to the kind of depth that is possible with this game. And it, it's like you watch somebody play Root at a really high level and they make a move that just doesn't make any obvious sense until like a little mm. while later and you're like, Oh my God, that's like so brilliant. Like the foresight, the, mm-hmm. you know, the strategic patience to just make this move before you have the complete picture is like, it's amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think observe seeing that game and taking it in and really like um, mulling it over in a, a, a deep way. That's the root moment that pushed me into this career as a root podcaster (laughs) sam yeah i've got three okay (laughs) uh first was like winning the space cats peace turtles test tournament felt like a big like boost like oh i'm good at this like that was as the uh the otters right yeah 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 and like that game like who knows you know if that would stand up to the snuff of our strategery today or whatever it was a it was the first time like a tournament like that was being tested so but i i just felt like oh i i did it uh i mean even in the semifinals game it was you and me and garrick and mango feet were all in that game so it's like it's wild that we we're all in those like proto tournament games oh and also uh Kyle your answer was incorrect the 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 two marks you've made on route Naming a clearing Texas and uh, Waterman's Law. Um, not oh yeah, Waterman's <laughs> when Law. When you told everybody everywhere. we don't have to help each other win, um, that that was a great moment. Um, yes, my other one would probably be when Walrus Law <laughs> beat me and flipped. Like we didn't know who this guy was. I wasn't yeah. rating him at all, and then just like whoa, he just ran away with the game, and everyone saw it coming except for the three people who were playing against him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was a huge moment for me. Uh, and then I think like in last year's finals in the winter tournament, when I was when everyone had pegged me for turmoiling on recruit because I didn't have enough birds, but I knew I could craft league of adventurous mice and use one of my crafted items to start a battle to lose a warrior before i recruited um that that felt like i was like doing the listeners of the pod right you know what i mean like oh my god uh, that felt good but that's that's like a bunch of backflips to make that work (laughs) yeah yeah it was yeah but i felt like uh, i could see i knew all the tools i had access to so yeah you you got into your mind palace yeah 
What about you, Jake? Any? Do you guys remember when I beat you as the crows? No. Yeah, you're both looking at me questioningly. No. No. Yeah, I see, deleted I, that file for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's the Wait. thing is I don't remember. Okay, so maybe I just made it up. Maybe it was a dream. <laughs> the fact that neither of you remember it hurts the most. But I don't. I have a pretty distinct memory of playing with us. And I think it might have been Sam, Lord of the Board. Yeah. I just remember uh, you guys wasting a few exposures on me because I randomized correctly. And then I also played Aggressive Crows. And it was such a surprise to all four of us at the table <laughs> when I pulled out the win. But, like, that's I don't have a distinct memory of that. So, And yeah. you two do not remember that whatsoever. So, <laughs> Well, we played a, a lot dream? of games of Root. Yeah, yeah. So could my, could my answer be something that didn't happen? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to throw out two more that were just, like, so excellent. One was, when Sam, when you and I played that doubleheader against um, oh my God, that was... Hunter from Space Cats Peace Turtles. And we tried that, like, oh, crazy. Oh, the double entendre. Oh, double yeah, entente. Double entente? Yeah. It was like this weird root situation where we were on teams of two yeah. and had to find ways for our factions to interact. Uh, and that was just like such a crazy puzzle that was like super fun. And yeah. also those guys are great to play with. Yeah. Shout out to Space Cats Beast Turtles. Uh, the other was when we spent a weekend making the um the sloth faction <laughs> yeah. for root jam the sloth slash fungus faction yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was fun uh super great yeah super great i thought you were gonna say the weekend of sam's bachelor or actually it was a different weekend it was my but birthday it was, at, it was sam's birthday where we played two games of root simultaneously and you sat in two seats in two different games yeah, we had seven people. Yeah, <laughs> so Kyle. And had so to play yeah, it was both. two four-player Kyle games. Kyle played won each. both games. <laughs> One, he was the lizards. I don't remember what the other. The other was the moles. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh, okay. He says moles, <laughs> it was I mean, still very impressive. Lizards is very impressive. You know. Uh, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Uh, Miles Moose has a question. They say. What do you look for when you're looking at other factions' board presence? How do you read the board? Yeah, you should have asked this question like 45 minutes ago. Yeah. I had a way better answer for you. <laughs> um, I, here's the thing is you can do this two ways. One is you can do the um, uh, this way where uh, when Opie's funeral was in town, we played a game. I remember he was, I think he was with a significant other who showed up like right at the tail end of the game. Mm-hmm. And she walked up to the board you know, without like really knowing too much about Root, just was like looking at the board, and Opie's funeral was like, "All right, who do you think is winning?" And she's looking, and she's like, "I don't know. I think Yellow is winning because Yellow just had like a bunch of pieces on the board, like a ton of lizards everywhere." And in fact, the lizards won that game. <laughs> and so sometimes it's nice to just clear your mind, come at it with a beginner's mind, and just look at the board and be like, "Who's got the most presents?" Yeah, right? like who's got the most stuff on the board? Because we we all know that the score track can be a lie mm-hmm. and the presence on the board can be a lie too because the vagabond could win right right but i think it's it's helpful to like look at it through a few different lenses and then try and assess from there what i try to think about is when i'm looking at other factions board presence i think about their threats right where are they where could they get to where do they want to be where do they want to be mm-hmm. yeah i find that with like a, a faction like the badgers badgers or the lord of the hundreds both of those factions are very much like about envisioning where they want to go on the board, right? There's a breadcrumb trail for the the keepers 
Um, and for the Lord of the Hundreds, it's like, what are the weak clearings that they can go and topple immediately? You know? So it, I, I think it's about looking at where do the factions want to be? What is missing from their engine? What is missing from their word state? In their perfect world, what would they love to see happen? The hard part is when you have three of those visions competing in your mind, and then you have to find your own. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> I like to look at every faction's crafting potential and what is left in that market of items. Or mm-hmm. knowing that, like, Coffin Makers is two rabbit. Or, you know, uh, if they have three of a clearing and we're playing with the base deck, that a favor is possible. Obviously, that's not the whole picture. Each faction's going to be different or whatever. But if you're looking for an immediate way to read the board, like what is possible for them to craft? Especially if somebody's in the lead and you need to throw some heat on them. Be like, they have two rabbit. They could craft coins. doesn't matter if they have it in their hand, you know? Um, it's just that they have the <laughs> Does that potential. Work? Oh, I think two rabbit, you're asking for it. I Just in a <laughs> digital game, I got taken out for two rabbits. After I crafted coins, I was like, okay. I already did it. Like, you know, that's that's another example of like from the inexperienced standpoint, like I never think of the game that way. I do a little bit now, but like I don't even think about the fact that you have those crafters. I know I think about what you could craft, but I don't actively think like I worry about you having coins that never comes up in my head. I'm just like, oh, I know the coins are out there, so someone's going to get them. But I see that you have the crafters, but I never, I guess, take that in and retain it. Hmm. Mm, I mean, <laughs> I guess my point is, is like, I, I appreciate that perspective because the presence is what I agree with with Kyle. It was like, I look at kind of literally what's on the board because that, that, that is important. It doesn't always mean it's going to be the difference in the game, but that's literally what presence is, is what's out there. One thing I, I look at as well is what are the points of connection in my opponent's camp? Mm-hmm. For example, on the autumn map, if you look uh, like at one edge of the board, say the like right kind of edge of the board, there's like those three clearings top to bottom. If you take control of that center clearing, if there's a faction that is like pretty solidified over on the right hand side, you can like completely disrupt their yeah. whole situation by taking just one clearing, even if it doesn't have the most infrastructure, even if it's not the most like obvious target. Sometimes by just discoordinating uh, your opponent's board position, you can create chaos that you can exploit one thing to keep in mind too is that a faction that has a lot of harmony in its position a lot of like clearings reinforcing each other you know a buffer in front of their important clearing if they have that space to like set up a position that's very kind of collected and harmonious then they have a strong base from which to exert pressure on the board if they're like set up at home then they can push out so like Looking for ways to disrupt your opponent's harmony, I think, is something valuable to keep in mind as well, especially if you're looking to attack. Love that. Another question from Miles Moose here. What's the toughest faction for you to understand? I mean, there's one answer here, in my opinion. It's the Keepers and Iron. The Keepers and Iron are very hard. They're just, like, clearly the most complex. I don't know. I've had my issues with just, like, losing with the birds a lot. Um, and I'm bad with the cats as well. I was going to bring up the cats. I think the cats could be a good runner up here. Yeah, truthfully. Because there's like cats and then there's cats. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think the cats aren't hard to understand. I think they're hard to make work. Yeah. The the badgers are hard to understand. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. I, I'm yeah, with I you, agree. Sam. We kind of talked about it a little bit last week, but it's a puzzle on top of a game. <laughs> like, you're still trying <laughs> to play a strategy game, and then you have to figure out the puzzle. And, like, I, I think the complexity and of the requirements that the badgers have far outweighs the cat's kind of simplistic way they do things. But obviously, there's a real depth of strategy to how they can do things successfully to get 30 points before anyone else does. Yeah, super high ceiling. I feel like the ceiling strategically for the cats is hard to understand. Yeah. I feel like the faction itself for the keepers is just literally hard to understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well said. All right, PJ Darkar asked, Resolve the Woodland War Machine logo meeple debacle. Why cat toast an otter? This feels like a thing that is a debacle in PJ Darker's house. Yes. Oh, and it's a debacle. Well, we've <laughs> always like alluded, like who is who in the logo? Why are those the three in the logo? Yeah, I think this is really easy to resolve. I'm the toast. That's all you'll commit to. Great, you're just buying great, one. Yeah. Is that all you're doing? Yeah, and then Jake and I oh, are, I thought you guys are gonna fight me for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, why those ones? I think we wanted distinct shapes and colors. I think colors, right? Like Kyle, you designed this, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um I I felt like the vibe of all three of those was just right. And I can't quite explain mm. why. I do think it's a combination of, like, the color scheme, the shapes, and then just, like, all three of our vibe. Because I think in some ways it's, like, if you take, like, Sam, Jake, and Kyle and, like, interpose, like, our faces on top of each of those three, <laughs> it, like, works. And then if you switch them to, th to like, a different configuration, it kind of also works. So we have elements of all three. Yeah. So yeah, also, now we're going to see that I said, on the Discord for I sure. I said it, <laughs> and I meant it. This week's challenge, okay? Because each episode in Season 3 is going to come with a challenge. Uh, the first person to Photoshop our faces on those meeples. <laughs> accurately. Correctly. Ac accurately and correctly. We won't tell you the exact formula. Uh, we'll win. We'll win this week's challenge. And we're keeping track of who wins the challenges. Yeah, there is a right answer. There is a right answer. Yep. All right, um, Easy Ray asks, what do you think of a campaign-based type of root play would be? They say, how I picture it working is it would be made up of three games of root, each directly after each other. You would start by picking factions equal to how many people are playing, plus three, then choosing which one ones would start in play and which would start as hirelings. Interesting. Oh, okay, so this would be a little bit like a... A mini chronicle almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you like have a pool of factions. Some of them are like their hireling versions and then they become like full blown factions in other games. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, I think um turning root into a chronicle is uh one of those ideas that I think Cole wishes he would have had. <laughs> they um, they'd kinda like pitched like this game path. Is similar, and I honestly think that um, Patrick Leader has been working on it lately, of kind of this like exploratory campaign in the root world. It's not exactly like um, this kind of like three games of root kind of like tied together, like um, Easy Ray's uh, kind of like pitching here. But so there's some form of this that Leader is considering. I, I, it's more of a different game. 
Um, but I do like this idea of like three there and the factions kind of ebb and flow. The thing it reminds me the most of is in Spirit Island, there's a scenario called Second Wave where you play another game of Spirit Island after. And based on how the board was left... Uh, oh. dictates like how the next game starts. That's fun. And I think there could be something similar that could be cool. Like if the Badgers uh, have way stations still on the board, then when you replace them with the hirelings, then they start with their little vaults in those places and stuff like that. Uh, I think it would have to be hyper specific because the factions are so uh, crazy distinct in Root. But I, I love that idea of something working. I think you should... Uh, Pursue that. Just start playtesting some stuff. We'd we'd give it a go. Yeah, it's very. You have cool. to use like the clearing numbers to transpose them to different maps, I guess, or something. Oh, like that. But, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It could go. You know, you start in autumn and then you go to winter. Yeah, seasons. Yeah, seasons, that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, does the winter start out more established? Maybe like their their setup is more advanced than the losers, who have more disparate things kind of like oath was right like right. the chancellor kind of sits on the throne a little bit right you know, the three have to work together to kind of dethrone them that'd be great. yeah there's like some kind of minor bonus if you were the winning faction mm -hmm. in the last game yeah maybe you Love have that. all the hirelings already on your side Ooh. and then they eventually get swayed that's interesting intriguing yeah i think there's room to explore here good good question is right yeah harriet asks Besides a board game and an RPG, what other medium do you think that Root or its lore would excel in? What's one that it doesn't fit in at all? Well, I don't think it works as a sport. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. I want. I was gonna say that's your dream. That's my dream. <laughs> um, your dream I, is for it to be on ESPN Four, right? That's correct. Yeah. 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 I, and us calling it on ESPN4. I want to receive a paycheck from ESPN4. In tuxedos in Las Vegas, Nevada <laughs> at the Luxor Hotel. The Root Finals. <laughs> what other medium? I mean, people on the Discord, were they were talking about like an animated series or whatever. I definitely think that uh, Root wants to... I, I think it could be a good series, but it would have to be like a Game of Thrones thing where it's like no... Nothing is good, you know what I mean? Like that's the whole point of Root, and the RPG really drives it home. They're all monsters. Yeah, everyone's gray. Everyone's gray. Yeah, <laughs> they're all monsters. Exactly. Like you don't want. I don't want to hear this thing where it's like, oh, but the vagabonds are good. Like no, I, I want everyone to be a jerk. Individuals. Like I want to see a sympathetic cat, a sympathetic bird, a sympathetic cult member. You know what I mean? They're just all victims of the machine, man. Yeah, and then. Harriet follows up, in terms of creating content, there are often times where the distinction between doing something for fun or the joy gets overshadowed by the job slash task. Has this ever happened with the podcast or even just playing a casual game of Root? Um, no. <laughs> I think the breaks, again, really help with that. Like, if it keeps everything fresh on top of it. But, I mean, I think I speak for all three of us that we really like this game, right? <laughs> like, it's fine. Yeah, I will say that the only time I've ever felt this way was when I was transcribing games after a certain point of just like hitting play, pause, and then like writing down, like taking screenshots. Somewhere around hour 30, 31, it started literally. literally. Well past there. Yeah. yeah. It, it would start to get, it would start to grade on me because I was just like, okay, I'm, this is just, I'm just sinking time at this point. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm severely malnourished. I need to eat something. But just like the drive to like finish it 
is so strong in me that like uh you know i still have this like the, my white whale video that's like it's seriously it's like 75 percent complete at this point i'm like slowly making progress on it but i will say anytime i'm actually playing the game of root i'm way too immersed and having fun to ever have it feel like a job <laughs> yeah i'll say like when it's like oh i gotta put the episode outline together i would say the first 10 minutes i'm like this is a job and then as soon as i'm like oh wait but actually i could approach it from like this angle and like especially once i start hearing like listener feedback and i start watching videos and stuff like that then i'm just super excited because i love root uh, yeah we wouldn't have gotten to 50 episodes if it started to feel like a job for sure you know I really like editing this podcast. It's actually quite fun to listen to you two. I you guys are great. I agree. Like I, I, I even today I, I proof listened to the first episode of season three and gave my notes to Jake. Um, but then today, when everyone was t- excited and talking about it, I just put it on again because I kind of want to be able to respond to what people are talking about because we record them sometimes a couple weeks in advance. So I want to be able to understand uh why people are freaking out about jake and i fighting you know (laughs) (laughs) all right um let's see i'm so sorry (laughs) thank you thank you apology accepted jake uh jay tanner 97 asks what card would you pick to swap from the base deck to the emp deck and which card of the same suit would you love to see more of in the base deck in its place Here's here's my two uh, nominees for this category. Mm-hmm. I really like Scouting Party. I think that would be a cool addition. I also really like uh, Betterboro Bank. Yeah, I was going to say better. Actually, Tax Collector is better than Scouting Party, right? Can swap Tax Collector for uh, Soup Kitchens. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, I would definitely go Betterboro Bank. Uh to add in or i i am a big fan of brutal tactics as well yeah brutal tactics is good yeah um armor is also good armors yeah we always talk about armors yeah we always talk about these three cards (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i think one of the obvious ones you guys are saying is the option for a second bunny dominance card (laughs) oh of course course. yeah 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 how could we because if you added that from the base game i mean that two of them that's fantastic Right, right 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 um, and then which card of the same suit would you love to see move to the base deck in its place? Oh, okay. So they have to be the same suit. Um, so if I say, I'm going to oh, say better Burrow Bank. And so that's a rabbit okay. suit. So which one am I throwing back? Um, probably. Charm offensive. Ooh. I was thinking. I'm just calling it. Yeah. I was thinking swap meet uh, just because uh, the standard deck could use some cheaper crafts. Charm Offensive is also cheap. But... Oh, you're trying to make the standard deck good. You just, <laughs> I got you. I'm trying to make a, of you. a good swap. A balance. Oh, that's yeah. no, that's good. I thought you were just trying to ditch something and then just play with EMP. No, no. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a standard deck truther. Uh, actually, Nitro Rev <laughs> uh, released uh, or had a poll on their YouTube channel uh, that asked, like, what do you think of the standard deck? Should Is it... Uh, should it be used alongside the EMP when it comes to competitions? Is it just a way to help people learn the game without having to do the funky powers? Or is it like a mix of both? And I think that it belongs right by the Exiles and Partisans deck as a valid option. What do you think about separating all the cards by their suit, randomizing them and creating a random deck, but with equal with the equal number of suits as a, as an option? I think that's fun. Not knowing the exact cards in the deck. 
That's so cool, right? Yeah, I like that. That's, that's so cool. So that's cool, cool the right? idea you that guys? Jake just came no, up with is so no, no, cool. No, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I think that's a very intriguing idea. I do idea. like it. And also, like, the just not knowing what powers are in the deck. Right. Uh, keeps everyone on their toes, right? The idea of there being, like, a favor of the mice, but not the other two or something <laughs> is really interesting also. That's kind of the way I want these decks used in in tandem, is that they have to be randomized in their assortment. Interesting. Yeah, I do like that that concept. That's pretty cool. Yeah, not knowing what to prioritize because you you don't know if Coffins is in there. Or what to expect. That's the thing that I always feel at a disadvantage of. It's like so many of you all know what to expect in the deck. Well, maybe they've got blank because we're 30 cards in. It's like, how? what is happening? <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, the sort of the fortunes of war. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thematically, it could be interesting. Jake, um, I think that's a totally viable scenario, my friend. That's what a cool suggestion. I uh, got a question from Garrett here, not Garrick, uh, that says, now that Marauders has been out for a while, what's your opinion on hirelings and how they affect low player count games? Do you think two player route is, quote, worth it with hirelings? Well, it fixes the problem a little bit, but it like the game of Root is the four-player dynamic that we like so much, right? It's the people. It's not necessarily the factions. I mean, it is 100% the factions, but <laughs> the people. It's it's a political game. If it's one-on-one, it becomes a different beast. And it's not saying that's not a fun beast, but a different one. I'll say it. It's not worth it. Okay. Yeah. I think it's I think you can have a great time playing the two-player Root. And I do think that Hirelings is definitely the way to do that. Um, well, actually, maybe Clockwork, Clockwork is yeah. the an- actual answer here. Um, but I just kind of feel like you could play a different game at that point. I would definitely play with the Hirelings at three player. I just don't. I, I For the reasons Jake just said, I just think that the incentives aren't there, right? I love in root how you're like, oh, I shouldn't attack the person in last place because they might help me police the person in first place. And this kind of like whole shift of who's on top and who do we need to attack is kind of like the the real rich part of the game that keeps it endlessly replayable for me. Uh, whereas the two player game, it's like it's always a good idea to attack your opponent <laughs> yeah. because mm-hmm. there's they you don't need their help ever. They're your only competition. The calculus right. becomes arithmetic a little bit. Right. It's a lot more zero sum when it's super. Yeah. It's more like judo, right? Where you're just trying to gain and hold on to the upper hand against one opponent. And I've seen great two-player games of Root even before Hirelings. I remember there was a series where I think it was Bop-Bot and Marcus the Cat went back and forth with cats and moles and would go back and forth in like three best that of three. Was it series. was really good. Um, so I definitely think that this is like, it's good, but I would not buy the game for the two-player experience. If you have the game and want a want to play it at two-player, I think it definitely is viable, but I wouldn't purchase the base game and the requisite expansions just to play it at two player. And that's coming from me, a guy who loves root and a guy who says this to employees when I'm supposed to sell them board games (laughs) or to customers rather. Your honesty is good. Yeah. I, I see a family 
holding the game of root and they're like is this good for an eight-year-old and i'm like no and they're like does this work at two-player and i'm like no let me show you some two-player games you know what i mean so i actually haven't told you guys this story but i was at a uh networking event at the university of california recently and it's with a bunch of like producers and filmmakers from all different parts of the industry and we all had to introduce ourselves in this big group setting of literally like a hundred people and I introduced myself and I told them that I made uh, board game content videos. Mm-hmm. And after we were exiting the auditorium, this woman comes up to me who had worked on a documentary and she was a producer for it. And she said, are you the board game guy? I go, yeah. She goes, oh, I am not a board game person. In fact, I'm like one of the worst people to probably try board games because I'm so like intense and specific and I... It takes me some time to relax and have fun, but I wanted to try it. And so me and my friends, we all got together with my spouse and we got this fun looking game called, uh, what was it? Root? (laughs) And I go, are you kidding? She goes, no. I go, oh, how'd it go? She goes, it was really difficult to understand. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely jumped in the deep end of board games. It's kind of crazy you're mentioning this because I actually have a podcast specifically and only about this game (laughs) she's like are you serious i was like yeah (laughs) it was wild it was insane we talked to her for like 20 minutes it was great uh i told her that she should listen to the pod if she wants to learn the game but also learn some other games first before diving Mm -hmm. into this yeah that's definitely uh going scuba diving before you get swim lessons you know what i mean (laughs) does look friendly though it definitely does. All right, we got some fairly approachable. We got some rapid fire ones here. Some would you rather's from Squidmark. Ooh, all right, thanks, Squid. All right, would you rather play crows as fourth player or cats as fourth player? Cats. Ooh. I'd go yeah. crows. I go crows because of my bias, but I think you'd go cats because of your bias, Kyle. Which is like you you want them. Yeah, yeah. That we in both. Sam and I like deception, so. It's, yeah, well, <laughs> well, I, I just, think at that point it's just like light a match. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, I'm coming from behind and I'm winning this game. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> I I feel like I'm just like I'm already bad as cats. I'm not. I'm not choosing it as fourth <laughs> yeah, player. Yeah, like yeah. no way. As first player, I'm like, oh, I'm still at a disadvantage here. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, would you rather start with T? Or start with a hammer as the vagabond. And I'm assuming this means a craftable in your hand. That's what I'm taking this as. T. I thought T initially, because I think T is a more important item. But the fact that there's only one hammer in the deck, and there's three T's, I feel like I might go hammer. Yeah, I just think that, like, well, two things. One is with the T, you get access to all the T quests. Right. And you're going to get the hammer anyway. And the yeah. T is just like, it's the thing that lets you, it opens up your options for how you can score points. And the if you start with the T in hand as a vagabond, I mean, you're going to get it crafted within your first four turns mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. The T is the fuel, isn't it? A little bit. It's the, it's the engine. Yeah. yeah. I think the hammer is really strong. Important. But. but it's one of those things where like, okay, you got two hammers, like, great. You're going to be able to craft a sword, but like, Okay, you've exhausted two hammers and maybe a boot or something. Oh, and your torch, right? Like, right. Yeah, just like you're, you start to run on empty real fast, yeah. you know? 
But, I mean, alternatively, Hammer also helps you repair damage. You might not have to go into the forest. You might be able to eke out things more. But I hear what you're saying. Maybe T is better. Yeah. I just think a T is like a little more flexible. Yeah. I think with Hammer, it's like, well, you also need to draw, like, good items then as well. <laughs> Would you rather play a fan deck or a fan map? Fan map. Map. Yeah, map. Definitely. I I think that the map has a lot of design space still yet to be explored, and I love the fan maps. So we played on the Gorge map. I'm excited to give the Taiga map a try. I've enjoyed every fan map we've seen. Yeah. 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 Same. More. More maps. And they're so easy to do. Whereas, like, a deck, obviously, we're excited about the possibilities, but the balance always feels like, right? whoa, what's happening right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Map, for sure. I love spatial reasoning. I hate reading. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather play against the Moles or the Woodland Alliance? Ooh. Ooh. I think I'd rather play against the... <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to say the Moles because... Nothing good comes from dealing with the Alliance. The Alliance. I'm choosing the Alliance. If the contain is successful, then they're not even a problem. Right. But everyone's got to be on board with the contain. But I think that's... I feel like that's always a tall order. Something I'm more willing to do. On board with the sacking of the moles, though, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're both... Yeah. Sympathy gives you points, whereas attacking a bunch of moles just... Yeah, but it costs you, you cards. Precious, yeah. precious cards. I'm going to go moles, and I hate that I'm saying that, but... The moles are a beast you can try and beat down. The alliance are just annoying and will keep popping up, and they're going to get a base, and when they get a base, it's not worth it to do anything to the base because they have guerrilla warfare. <laughs> yeah, it's so I, I annoying. Agree. I hate them both. This is a great question, Squid, but... This is I, a good question. I, yeah. I can't, I can't. All right, those are the rapid fires. I think we just got one... Last question, and that is PJ Dark R asks, any big dreams for the pod? Any project ideas that we can help with in any tangible way? We've got lots of big dreams. Yeah. Chief among them, I think, is uh, RootCon. RootCon. I mean, I want it to happen. I am actively working behind the scenes to try to get this to happen. Uh, Write your congressperson. (laughs) <laughs> about root do you con. support big board games <laughs> yeah root con is an idea we've kind of been r- ruminating on right of like mm-hmm. a convention in one place of all root players where we probably have a mini tournament and some live recordings and maybe some exhibition matches or something fun right yes yeah 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 all root in one location yeah yeah an in-person root event where we get to meet a bunch of the listeners to the pod and have a big, like, yeah, just a big celebration of the game that we all love, I think, is the big pie-in-the-sky dream. Uh, I'm working on trying to make it happen. If there is something I need y'all's help with, I will put out a call to action. It might be bugging my uh, place of work, but don't do that no. yet. <laughs> Letter-writing campaign? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hey, mean, that'd be actually pretty cool. Everybody well, sign I, this. I might have to like show that this thing has interest, sure, so sure, that might sure. be something I ask y'all to do in the future, but as of now, we'll uh, put the... Keep dreaming. We'll put the bat signal up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rabbit would. signal up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, any other projects? We talked about a tournament. We but... talked about a tournament, and I've, I've talked about a tournament before. Um, I think the the hesitations that Garrick has about doing a tournament, which is like sheer time, 
which yeah. we're already putting and producing together a podcast, uh, is kind of the main hurdle, which I wouldn't be opposed to an invitational where we invite friends and content creators and gamers to play of our own invitation, not necessarily an open thing. Right. And that's not to be exclusive. It's just so much of like we want to just feature people on on a show and probably stream a lot of that as well. Yeah, we're kind of the entertainment wing. You know, we're not the be-all, end-all strategy thing. I mean, Garrick's running great tournaments. Space Cat's Peace Turtles has run great tournaments in the past, and they have a lot of experience with Tabletop Simulator as a platform and streaming it, whereas we like to talk about those tournaments, you know? I mean, I'd still be down for getting really good people to play, like not yes, just of not course. just content content creators who can play the game. Yeah. Sure. Um, one of my long-standing dreams is to... Um get some kind of esports broadcasting setup for root games that is like super visually pleasant and engaging to watch. Uh, I know I've learned the most about the board games that I love through like videos online. And while there are a lot of really good videos about root out there, I feel like one of the major shortcomings is that it's just, it's really hard to see a full game of root. Other than just by watching it all the way through. And so, like, I really am still advocating for the development of some kind of, like, presentation board that is very visually pleasing and easy to update and use. And just, yeah, I, I think it'd be it'd be super cool to, like, show games. Because it, it's just so difficult to, like, actually learn and grow if you can't reference specific games and positions. To me, that is the biggest missing link in terms of the strategy development of this game. I think once we have like a way to review games that's more streamlined and that you can like take in without watching four and a half hours of like a Twitch stream. Almost like a replay system, you mean? Yeah, just like some kind of game coverage you can just like click through. Because with chess, you Uh literally have it written out where every move occurs. Yeah, you get like a PGN and you can just upload it to whatever site you use and then just like hit the forward arrow key and see all the moves happen on the board. Either something equivalent like that as a study tool or something for like a presenter to show a game and like show the relevant, you know, events that happened in this game that were interesting. To me, that would be like super ideal. I've tried to do it manually, but you know, like we, like we heard earlier, it just takes forever. <laughs> Jake, any big dreams? We'll get there because we got 50 more episodes of this show to do. That's right. 50 more and then it's over, folks. Uh, count, th- we counted up to 50. We're counting down to 100. 50 <laughs> more episodes to go before we retire. <laughs> and we never play Root again. Do you all have a favorite episode of the 50 we've done? The Table Talk episodes are always great because we get into a lot of psychology. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to like those conversations. I think... Um, you know, I think the Monte Carlo. One oh, is the probability. So, the probability that is a one classic. is classic. That yeah. is a classic. Um, I loved the one where we did the tier list of the cards. I think that yeah. one was super fun. And uh, also the interview with Cole yeah. was like one of one of my like highlights. Uh, it was just really fun. Honestly, really fun to talk to that guy. One of my favorite episodes um, had some audio issues and will never air, but uh, that was one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> This is the last episode. Yeah, and we'll explain more about the last episode when we're able to write that ship. Um, 
Uh, also, the 27 Root Commandments was one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. How, okay, I think that's that's my number one. That's crazy how much it's, like, hitting the zeitgeist. It is one of the most listened to episodes, and, like, it's just so... And we there's so many double negatives, and then we keep joking about the double negatives. <laughs> yeah, really? Was, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to it recently. It was pretty funny. <laughs> that's great. I think that's all we got this is all we got you did it yeah this is episode 50 um <laughs> you got it you got it uh you <laughs> ask your questions we <laughs> congratulations to y'all for supporting a podcast that lasted 50 episodes <laughs> and then just spent the the 50th one just answering questions yeah 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 sure. uh we wanted to do something special and instead we did something casual and <laughs> i liked it <laughs> i liked it too yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm checking my hot dogs now and they definitely seem to have thawed <laughs> Let's go back to some root news. We all liked this episode. <laughs> That's root news to us. <laughs> this is our 50 episode like check-in, I feel Guys, like, you know. We did we've it. Been, yeah. We did it. We've been making the thing and uh almost 2 years. I'm I'm super stoked. I we have like the coolest community ever yeah. and like I always love chatting with you guys. So yeah. yeah, here. Cheers. Here's to 50 more. To Absolutely. 50 more, exactly. Actually, I want to do 101 episodes oh, so God. that we can always tell people that we did over 100 episodes about <laughs> Root. <laughs> well, you could just reference that one that didn't get made. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, thank you to everyone who contributed questions. Thank you to everyone who listens, even if you didn't contribute a question. We appreciate you uh, hanging out with us in the Discord and just listening. Uh, this has been a blast, and we're going to do 50 more, so we'll see you in the future. And when you see us on the street, I want you to come up as close as you can to the back of my neck and start screaming. All right, I got a question from Glandor. Sorry, hold on. I got a question from. Okay, all right, it's a party. Here we go. Got a question from. This name is so good. It is so good. Say it seriously, okay? okay. I want you to take this seriously. We have a question from Glander. 